Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Like that sexy, sexy machine voice just said, this is Fresh Hop Cinema. I always thought that was your voice. It is my voice, but it's processed through a machine a couple times with layers. Mm. So it's like the robot version of me. Okay. Me is Max Minardi. Hi, Max. I'm Johnny. That's Johnny Summers. Yep. This is a podcast. Yep. About craft beer. In case about you for- film. In case you forgot. Yeah, we've been off the air for about a month. I have been on my honeymoon in Norway. I got married uh, three weeks ago or so. Uh, and now we're back. Thanks for sticking around. If you're new and you just found this podcast because you've uh, decided you want to become part of this very cool club of people that listens to podcasts, welcome. We're stoked to have you. And if you didn't stick around, you're not listening now, and I want you to know that you smell funny. That's good for you. Yeah, you do. Uh, you can find us on almost all the social medias. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, while I was on my honeymoon, my Facebook was hacked, uh, which is a huge bummer, mm-hmm. because uh, not only do I no longer have access to my Facebook, we no longer have access to our podcast Facebook, and for a minute there, we had no access to our podcast money, because our bank account was linked to the Facebook, which the criminal stole. <laughs> And blame the Russians. Sure. I'll blame the Norwegians for now. That's fair. That's where, it, that's where I was. Yeah. Um, incidentally, I didn't notice it for a few days because I had committed to being off social media on right. my honeymoon. Um, but we caught it early enough where that's getting all remedied except for our Facebook. Don't know when that's going to be fixed, if ever. It might. Who knows? But you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Fresh Hop Cinema or more reliably on our website, freshhopcinema.com for cool stuff. That's right. Okay. Yep. Uh, what am I missing? Anything? Patreon. Yes, please tell tell the fine folks. Um, yeah. So before we go any further, this whole thing wouldn't be possible without Patreon. That is a really cool website where people can support this show and other cool creators like us. Little as one dollar a week, four bucks a month. You yeah. can support this podcast, and we provide all kinds of cool bonus content and stuff for our patrons. We actually just had an event yesterday. It was really fun. Got to catch up with somebody or some people's. Yeah, I should say lots of buddies, some buddies. They're all somebodies, you know? Yeah, sure. But yeah, got to catch up, drink some beers. It's a good time. So yeah, we just we just recorded some bonus content before recording this year uh, where we reviewed uh, various Norwegian liquors that I brought back. That was pretty fun. Uh, so stuff like that. If you're interested in uh, just hearing us gab more, uh, sometimes about really cool stuff like that, sometimes about really cool stuff that is just about our lives. Yep. Join Patreon. Norwegian liquor is good. I feel like a chubby Viking. Some is good, some is bad. Yeah. <laughs> As we have found. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, you have to listen to find out. But the real question is, how about Norwegian beer? How about Norwegian how beer? How about it? Let's start off. We're going to do the show a little bit differently today. Usually we do two beers and a movie, um, but we figured since we've been off the air for a little bit, want to make up for some lost time. Get out. We're doing four beers. We're to do four beers. They're all Norwegian beers that I brought back. Um, and we're not getting into uh, too much variety in terms of styles. We're doing a, a lager and then three uh, different takes on IPAs. So the first one is a lager that is going to overflow like a volcano from your glass, you crazy man. Uh, but it looks really good. It looks kind of what I expected. The curveball about this lager is that it's 7.2%. Jesus. Um, which feels, um, I don't know that I can think of many lagers that are that strong. Can you? No. I think that's a pretty rare thing. Um, but I do want to just say a little bit about it. Milwaukee ice. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. Those right? things like the, the yeah. Or the... Um, that's not a lager. Never mind. Didn't Smirnoff make like a, or PBR maybe make like a hard seltzer water? 
That's like really, really strong. I think it's like eight percent. PBR came out with PBR extra. Oh. It's like like a lager that's like eight percent. Okay, maybe that's it. But yeah, you have to go to like the bottom tier of like the uh, economy brands and then go to the, like the ramped up version. Yeah, and yeah, like right. A, but well, this is a beer from Kronlein's Brewery. That is my translation into English. It's actually a brewery uh, out of Sweden. So I maybe spoke too soon, but I got it in Norway and I was in Sweden for a little bit there. So I'm going to stick with what I said. Uh, they're close together, aren't they? They're touching. Yeah. Especially towards the north. They're like, it was like a three hour drive. Uh, so a Scandinavian brewery. Fine. I don't know why the fact that you said they're touching. touching. I saw it you smile. Me, like, what are you thinking? It made me giggle. I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> they're touching. Uh, so this, yeah, the lager is called Stockholm. Uh, it's a 6%. Oh, actually, this is a different version. Um, so I think what they're saying, this is weird because we had to translate this in English Ooh. and it doesn't quite all work. Oh my God. Um, give me a second before you give me that gold. Um, I think what this is saying is Stockholm 6.0, unless that's percentage. I'm not sure. But this, the rest of this stands. It's a light to golden yellow, nuanced organic layer with a malt. <laughs> I'm just not going to change it. Uh, with a malt flavor with hints of crisp bread, citrus, and herbs, naturally brewed to the right strength and taste of specially selected Swedish barley malt, a selection of the finest hop varieties, and crystal clear water. Hmm. So it's a beer. Yep. Okay. What did you uh, What did you taste that gave you that strong reaction? It is. Uh, it's got some kick to it, Does boy. It? It's got like a little punch at the end that's like, whoo, hey, we're here. Hello. I'm oh, yeah. 7%. Little zing. Yeah. It's a little little zappo. Uh, I actually think it's pretty good. It's It's got some tang to oh, it. I drink sure. the heck out of this beer. But yeah, it doesn't seem, it doesn't strike me as a 7.2% beer. No, I would guess like six, I was five. Say, I was say five. Yeah, like six tops. It just, I mean, it just tastes tart and crisp and dangerous. Yeah. That's like if I had a 20 ounce mug of this at an Oktoberfest, I would drink three of them. Totally. And feel passing out and yeah right, or but you'd feel the same. Like it doesn't it doesn't sit heavy. I don't think. Yeah. So you'd feel a lot different alcohol wise, but you'd feel okay. This is a uh, super crushable. Yeah. Right? Seven point two ounce. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Uh, we split it, and it actually is almost seven point two ounces each by the time That's we get true. done. Um, I was very impressed by a lot of Norwegian beers. There was um, the first one I tried was from a brewery called Mac. Um, I think they're in Oslo, which is southern Norway, and we were in northern Norway. Um, and the beer was called, well, it was called Polar Bear when you translate it. Uh, it's either Ice or Isbjorn. Okay. Um, uh, it's a Lease Pilsner, L-Y-S. Um, so pretty hoppy, um, very, very bitey, but but crushing and crushable and just like super refreshing. And all of the beers that I tried, I'm trying to think of one that wasn't, they were all like adequate to good, hmm. which like was not my experience when I traveled to England. A lot of those beers were just kind of like like beer. I well, guess British beer is bleh. Yeah, I guess, man. So I think part of it is like culture. There's a lot of similar trends in Norway with what's going on here, um, particularly in the IPA uh, neighborhood. That's because America, bro. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they do a lot of uh, New England stuff and a lot of hop forward things that we'll get into maybe later in the show. Maybe right now. Yeah. So let's uh, let's review this real quick. Do you have any thoughts you want to add? It's really crisp. And like super, super crushable. Um, this is something I would sit and drink in an afternoon, like when I would normally drink like a Rolling Rock. Because sure. we all know that I like cheap, crummy beer. Daddy likes his Rolling Rock. That's I got right. you. I like that green can. Yeah. Put it in my hand. <laughs> uh, you enjoyed some Rolling Rocks with me while we were toiling away at physical labor. We did a great job with that. We did. We built a road. Well, oh, I'd a say a path. path. Yeah. We built a we built pretty a sweet walking path. That was pre-wedding. Yeah. There was work to be done, and we did it, and we drank some beers, and uh, it was a good hot day where something nice and crisp 
would be perfect. Um, this might be too strong for a day like that. I can't believe this is 7.2%. Yeah. I, it seems wrong. Um, yeah, unless they like <laughs> measure their stuff differently. So one of the weird things um, in their numbering system is instead of using periods where we do, they use commas. Hmm. At least I think it's a one-to-one thing, but it might not be. So that could be the issue. But I don't know what else it would be. It's certainly not 0.72%. It's not 72%. It's very pleasant to drink. It's got a very thin, watery uh, mouthfeel, mm-hmm. which you want in mm-hmm. a lager. So yep. it's super, super smashable. Um, but also you wouldn't have to drink like eight of them to catch a buzz. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so like I said, it is definitely 7.2%. It's on the side there, and it says ALK, ALK. ALK. 7,2% vol, volume, I presume. All right. So cool. Very interesting. I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I second everything you said. Very good. Crisp, very refreshing, super drinkable. Bummed we don't have it in the States. Right. I mean, if we went for some, like, natural light, you know. Natty light? Natty light. Yeah. Some of those beers get up there in, like, the 6 7% Do they really? range. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm, I'm going to just hold out and say that, like, if I'm going to be drinking beer, it's going to most of the time be for the flavor and the quality. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going at it solely for the purpose of, like, catching a buzz or getting drunk or whatever, it's like, I'm just going to reach for something stronger. Like Norwegian Aquavit <laughs> from Desperate. Uh, but no. But yeah, I got you for sure. I would reach for some mead. Sure. Can't go wrong with mead. No, you can't. What do you rate this beer? I'm yep. going to give this baby a, I think a solid eight. Yeah, I was thinking this like. It's a tasty beer, man. Seven, nine, eight, two, somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, okay. Let me write this down. Do, do, do. I'm going to say, you want to say seven, nine, or you want to say eight? Yeah, we'll give it a seven, nine. All right. Norway's going to win you over by the end of these. We'll see. Uh, why don't you grab us uh, our second beer? Let's do it. Okay. Now that you have that. Yes. Uh, yeah, so we're doing extra beers. Normally we jump to a different segment now, but we're going to stick to this. Um, and this is a beer. This is the only beer that I brought home that I actually got to try when I was in Norway. Okay. Um, and I sent you a photo of it, I think, while I was there. And I think I said something about you loving, or you would really love this beer and probably the label. Uh, and it's a beer called Ink and Dagger. Yes. From Amundsen Brewery. I do love it. Tell me about it. Well, you know, I'll tell you the label first of all. It's a really cool, like, uh, what would that be? Like a turquoise uh, teal with yeah, red, yeah. red, like, sunbursts behind yep. this big triangle. And it's a hand holding a snake with a feather coming out of one side and a dagger going through the other. Like, very super cool, like, American traditional tattoo. Yep. I like it a lot. I wonder if it is an American tradition. You're going to spill that if you're not careful. Heads up. Um, or if it's like a Norwegian, like, if that's because when you see like a generic tattoo shop, you see sort of styles like that. I wonder if that's the case there as well. This is based on American traditional it's gotta be right. designs. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. This doesn't even strike me as somebody that knows anything about tattoos. It's I so know. weird that you're so confident. It's very strange. <laughs> tattoos are stupid. Yeah. Uh, can you taste that hop oil slithering down the back of your throat? Can you smell that intense lupulin blast from the bottom of your glass? Well, we turned up the volume to 10. And broke the speaker, our loudest beer buried in a mound of hoppy goodness. Think wet tropical grass, pineapple, and mango. Freshness all crammed into this self-proclaimed hop bomb. This is Ink and Dagger IPA. Make it rain. Ink and Dagger pairs best yeah. with long sessions at the local tattoo parlor. Right. That is fantastic. Six and a half percent, 75 IBUs. This is like, if the label didn't give it away, this is an American-style West Coast IPA. Brutally hoppy. Crisp, hard hitting, good carbonated, light, uh, and tasty. Um, it looks I've sipped beautiful. it a bunch, uh, and I'm I'm so so I got this this particular can. 
at a different location than the, the one that I tried in Norway. And, and it's, it's so mass produced. Like I found this, not this one, but I saw the exact same beer at the airport. Nice. And I was like, man, I'm, I think there's a chance we're just going to get an old one. Um, but we didn't. It was a good one. I stand by this and I've, I've, you've tasted I've, it. I've developed a stutter over the past couple of weeks. Like yeah. I can't quite get sentences out. Anyways, it happens to me when I'm trying to sound smart, which is what I was trying to do when comparing these beers, which was to say, I stand by this one. What do you think? It's very nice. It's super tropical. Yeah. Very, uh, very, I get the mango a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely a nice, really tropical hop forward IPA. It's a lovely balance too, because you tep- typically get those, here I go again, those flavors in an East coast IPA. And here we have a very, very hop forward West coast style IPA. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of that tropical, like mango sort of it's less citrusy, but still there. It's more of like a pithiness. It's mm-hmm. got mango with like a, a, like a orange rind on the back end yeah. that adds to the bitterness that probably plays or off. Or even the, like a mandarin. Yeah. A or those bit. generally sweeter. Uh, they, yeah. they're, they're more tangy. Yeah. Mandarins are Clementines tangy. are real sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Those are little juice bombs. Dude, I'm, I'm about this beer. I'm so glad that it held up from what I remembered it. Yeah. It's Damn. really killer. And what's dope is you flew from a part of the world that's cold. Yeah. So, true. although I don't think once you get on the plane, well, it's we, underneath, huh? Yeah. It's not yeah. temperature controlled. So mm-hmm. being in a cold environment and then flying up high and then coming back down, it probably didn't even start to get warm until you got back to California. Oh, for sure. So that really helped this beer out a lot. This is really good. And this is made in Norway, 100%. Uh, let me double check, but I'm I'm almost positive. I'm into it, though. Yeah, I am too. Is this the favorite of the beers you had over there? Um, you know, I developed such a, an attachment to that Icebjorn mm. polar bear, Mac Pilsner. Um, it was actually at our first. We got in on a, I think a Thursday, um, but pretty late and didn't really know the, the town at all. Um, and our Airbnb host didn't live there and it was like a cabin by itself, but she had this little kind of mini bar set up, like a hotel almost. She's like, here's some beers, and some of you get it on Sundays, and we don't sell beer on Sundays, so help yourself. So I grabbed one of those, um, and I just drank it. It was everywhere, um, so I really like it. But this one is up there for sure. You can't go wrong with a nice crispy pilsner, though. No, and you know I, what I mean, what do you do? You know off the top of your head what li- lice or lees is? L y s. It's. I feel like we've talked about. I it know before. it's something plant related. I f- yeah, I feel like we have, but we we say a lot. I think of it's like words. a berry or something, but it's not a berry. I don't know. No, lees are a berry. Are they? It feels like a berry to me. Um, maybe I'm thinking something else. I don't know. Yeah. Really quickly. Um, this brewery, yeah. uh, Amundsen is in Norway. It's in South Norway and Oslo. Nice. Uh, it's sort of the biggest Norwegian, uh, hub. It's where I've... a lot of people fly into. It's where we flew into before we flew North. Oslo sounds like it should be in Sweden. They're so close. I know, you know? but I hear Oslo. I think Sweden. You are incorrect. It is Norway. It's a completely different country. Yeah. Although open borders, um, share different currencies. Hmm. So not quite as close, but crazy. Uh, what was I going to look up? Lease. Yeah. is There's not lease in this, is there? No, no, no. That's the Pilsner I was talking about. It said okay. it, it was a lease Pilsner. I wish you could have brought back some of that Pilsner from I Mac. I almost did. I would have loved to try that one. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll maybe figure this out later, but I'm not getting it yet. Yeah. One of the dudes that uh, just won the World's Strongest Man. Oh, was it that Half Thor Bjornsson? Half Thor Bjornsson. Yeah. yeah. Game of Thrones. Game fella. of Thrones. Yeah. The mountain. Another interesting thing about beer in Norway is they don't sell it by the, uh, the package like that. They won't do six packs or... At least in, they'll sell it, but they don't like mark it down. They charge you individual beer prices. Really? Yeah. So you can buy one or 15 and they're all the same price. Crazy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool though. It sucks. Why do you think it's cool? Well, it's cool that you can just buy one of everything. Oh, that's but true. But yeah, like you want a 30 pack. Because when you buy a single beer, uh, it's like, I'd say like double the cost of what you would buy in bulk. 
So it's expensive. Yeah. Like a, a, a six pack of this beer costs like, oh, what was it? It comes out to like $25. Oof. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that like everything's expensive in Norway though. It is, but the wages there are a lot better. Yeah. Like waitresses make the same, at, not as doctors, but as a higher level job. Everybody makes a living wage. That's crazy. The diesel thing. Was that on this episode of the bonus? Mm, that was neither. Great. We rented a car and we accidentally tried to put unleaded gas in our diesel vehicle, but it wouldn't accept the nozzle. It was just like, this doesn't go in there, so it's not going to be built that way. Get it out. It makes so much more sense. Yeah, it does. We should do that. It would be a lot easier. Anyways. Okay, so, back to Ingrid Dagger. So this was a, like, wow, I just saw light meat and pork. That's what you should eat this beer with. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got the it. The Eastbourne. Eastbourne. Yeah, the Eastbourne. Yeah. Eastbourne. That you didn't bring back. Correct. We're talking about a beer that we don't even We're just have talking about Norwegian beers today. I like it. Uh, but, you know, back to Incandagra, yeah? Yeah. It's very pleasant. Yes. I'd like a rating from you, please. Hmm. Man, I haven't ever had any beers from Norway, I don't think. Yeah, they don't They do not do a lot of distribution out here. That said, the American market's pretty flooded with beers anyways. I don't think we're hurting for What's that. What's that one? Uh, it's like Asgard or something like that. Asgard. No. Okay. God, I see it, it around. Beer? Yeah, and it's like mass distributed. I don't know. Yeah, Can you we, give me more no, details? Oh, God. I can't remember. It's like a blue label okay. with a white, blue and white oh, label. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's called, um, I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. called, um, I know exactly what it's called. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, I've had it once. And I remember my friend that bought it for me was like, it's a Norwegian beer. This is like eight years ago. Yeah. Um, I can picture it. It's, yeah. So it's a blue label with like kind of a white. They have two different versions. Olmstock. Olm- it's Einstock. Einstock. That's it. Yeah. Yes. It's got like a Viking profile on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fine. I've had Einstock. Beer. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Good it's- catch. That is kind of the the one that is around. Yeah. That's the only Norwegian beer I think I've ever had. Yeah. Same. Um, this is good. This is up there with a lot of IPAs in the States. It's, dude, it's super refreshing. Yeah. I'm, I'm bummed. Like this one would do really, really well here. I think so. But yeah. I think it's because it's modeled after a West Coast IPA. Yeah, it's West Coast and it's it's floral, it's tropical, it's good. It would do well here. It, it's gonna do well in my score. It's this is like uh, like an eight four. Nice, dude. It's up there. Eight point four for you. It's another eight for me. Two eights in a row. It's a super solid IPA. It's a little bit um, like I'm I'm finding that the the tropical fruit taste is kind of warring with the hoppiness a little bit. I don't know what hops they used, but I think with a slight change. It would all be a little bit more um, cohesive. Yeah, I was going to say the word. You know when like a little tiny fish sucks onto a shark? It's just symbiotic? Symbiotic, yeah. That's what I was going for. Yep. Look, you get me. Yep. Uh, Einstock symbiotic. Einstock symbiotic? <laughs> Those little sucker fish. Yeah. So yeah, eight, four for you, eight for me. It's a really good beer. Glad you brought it back. Yeah, me too. Uh, let's move into one of my favorite segments, especially after all this time, called uh, Flick Picks. Oh my God. Uh, I'm going to go first because I have... At least two that I want to mention. Okay. Um, so we've been off the air for a while. Movies have not stopped coming out. Nope. Um, our list of movies that we wanted to see has not decreased by itself. So I did a lot of work on planes. That uh, makes sense. I have flew for like... So many hours. Yeah, at least 24 hours on this. Just these two trips. Um, it's a long time to sit on a plane, man. It was it was arguably way too long. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to... I mean, I watched a bunch of movies, some that are not new, but I want to talk about the new movies that I watched. Uh, one is one that we were going to do on the show and didn't have a chance to. It's called The Art of Self-Defense. Mm. Uh, it stars Jesse Eisenberg. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? It was at the pageant here mm-hmm. in Chico for a while. Um, and I'll just read you the synopsis here on Letterboxd. Get it. 
Casey is attacked at random on the street and enlists in a local dojo led by a charismatic and mysterious sensei in an effort to learn how to defend himself. What he uncovers is a sinister world of fraternity, violence, and hypermasculinity, and a woman fighting for her place in it. Now, if you take out that first sentence and only listen to the last sentence, sinister world of fraternity, violence, hypermasculinity, and a woman fighting for her place, many brains might go to Fight Club. And there's a lot of that in this. Yeah. But for me, it doesn't, I mean, it's not even close to Fight Club, but like the dryness and the almost satire that it kind of goes for um, is undercut by like weird, Jesse Eisenberg, I think you either like or you don't. And I'm in the don't camp. And I think here he's kind of given, um, it seems like they were just like, be yourself, but be uh, like, it's like Napoleon Dynamite meets Fight Club. That sounds annoying. It kind of was, and and I think tonally it was just sort of all over the place. Some people really liked this movie, but it just never landed for me. Um, Jesse Eisenberg's the kid from the, the movies about magic, right? Catch me if you. Not I think of Daniel Radcliffe. No. No, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, what he were was those in called? He was in the, um, uh, now you see me. Yeah. He's also in the Social Network. Yeah. He was Mark Zuckerberg. Can't stand that kid. He's and like I like him in some stuff, but. I don't know. Like I liked him in now you see me. I liked him in zombie. I like those great in zombie land. Yep. Um, what I wrote in my review was like, I, I was so looking forward to seeing this and something just missed the mark. Uh, it could have been, that I was on my third flight on a trip to Norway. Um, but I don't think so. I think it's that Jesse Eisenberg and his performance just never really land as one of a dark comedy lead. That's what it kind of goes for is like this dark comedy. And there's, there's moments of like shock and violence, um, combined with comedy and, um, very, very dry comedy. And he's got this weird way of being too. That's a little too like matter of fact and like sarcastic. Yeah. And that can work in certain movies, I think. Yeah. He's like, if Michael Sarah had confidence. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, I wrote, uh, he and his co-stars likely by no fault of their own seem to flounder for direction, both tonally and narratively for most of the movie. Uh, I'll revisit this if the opportunity arises, but I won't seek it out. I gave it a two out of five on Letterboxd. Um, I don't know. All right, so don't watch that. Watch. I mean, I can see how people would like this, but you have to you have to really be up for what it's trying to sell you. Mm. And pretty early on, I just wasn't. It's actually one of the few times that I've disagreed with a lot of the writers that I usually align with. Mm. Um, I watched it and I read some reviews, and people were like, "No, it was great." And I, I don't know, not for me. Art of Self Defense uh, came out 2019. See it if you'd like. If you're curious, I say watch it. If you've never heard of it, I would say skip it. You had, you had a flick pick. I did. I had a really fun fi- flick pick. Hit me. Yeah, man. I watched a movie. Uh, it was on Hulu. I was browsing their Huluween section of just like randomly. That would have been a missed opportunity. Good for them. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but they curated a nice collection of some some shows and some movies and whatnot. And I stumbled across this movie called Cooties. It was a 2014 release starring Elijah Wood and Rain Wilson. And directed by Carrie Murnian. Mjornion and Jonathan Malott. <laughs> yes. And it is a horror movie, pretty much straight up horror movie about children that become zombies and the struggle of their teachers to uh, right. survive them. I mean, I've only seen the trailer, but it's a, it's a horror comedy. Oh, yeah. Not a straight horror. Oh, movie. yeah. Think like Shaun of the okay. Dead with children and Dwight from The Office. Yeah, it's a, it's a, com- I, you know, it's a comedy dressed up as a horror. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a Tucker and Dale. Mm-hmm. It's not a, yeah. Oh, Tucker and Dale was so I just want to jump in and say, you had straight horror. No, but My I mean. like Saw. You're right. No, it wasn't straight horror. It was yeah. way more of like a Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Um, 
type situation. Yep. Maybe I will talk about that movie. What movie? Uh, you, uh, I'll get to it in a second. All right. I don't want to interrupt you. But you reminded me of something. I don't want to interrupt you now that well, I've interrupted I interrupt you. you. <laughs> but I'm going to completely derail your train of thought while I'm not interrupting you. That's all I was really good. Uh, I was uh, completely just an oddball. It's October. I try and watch more like spooky, funny stuff this time of year just because it's all super available on demand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have new content coming out, Halloween horror related. So, yeah, this was fun. I mean, I love Elijah Wood. I love Rain Wilson. And I love zombie movies. And that's really all it took. Yeah. Like you could tell from the trailer. You were like, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch the crap out of the movie. Yeah. I think, I think, um, Elijah Wood and Rain Wilson have done some really, really cool stuff. So mm-hmm. especially some like offbeat stuff. Um, like Rain Wilson in um Super, mm-hmm. where he plays like a, a completely normal, wants to be superhero kind of guy. Yep. A very dry, very B movie sort of thing. And Elijah Wood has done a bunch of stuff too. Um What was the one uh, yeah. with the mannequins? Oh. Ooh. The mannequins? Yeah. Where yeah, it was real. I I don't want to spoil it, but it was a like pure psychological horror movie. Oh, that's no, I don't know. It was really good. Um, I was thinking of uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. I don't belong in or whatever. It's it's a movie like that. Yeah, (laughs) I wish I could think of the name, but like a very quirky comedy dressed up around all these other things. In some cases, horror. In some cases, like crazy action or whatever it might be. But they're both they both have such a good comedic sense. That seeing them together, once you were like, yeah, it's Rain Wilson and Elijah Wood. I was like, good. Yeah. Done. I'm going to watch it. Oh, it was it. so good. Um, Allison Pill is in that movie, too. She's from the newsroom. Um, and there were a bunch of other people in the trailer that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to watching that yeah. film as well. Goodies. It was really good. And the movie that you're thinking of, or that I was thinking of, was called Maniac. Oh, okay. Terrifying. All right. So scary. So I interrupted you because you mentioned Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. And one of the movies that I revisited on this trip was The World's End. The World's End. At World's End. No, The World's End. The World's End. Um, That was the third movie uh, from that director guy. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. It was him, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Um, He does a lot of uh, those movies with with, um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Well, this was the third. They had done Shaun of the Dead and then- Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz and then this one. They're not- um, The characters are not the same in all of them. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it was a collaboration. And then Edgar Wright went on to do Baby Driver- Um, so editing is a huge part of all these movies. Yep. I'm a huge fan of Shaun of the Dead, huge fan of Hot Fuzz. I hadn't seen The World's End since like maybe when it came out in 2013. Um, but if you haven't seen it, the premise is this group of friends used to drink in high school together and they tried to do this pub crawl, this legendary pub crawl that ended at a bar called The World's End and they didn't quite make it. So then when they're adults, Simon Pegg's character gets them all together and they try to do it again. Um and if you've seen any of the two movies that came before it, you know that the plots get a little bit weird and there's twists and it's all wrapped up in comedy and um, friends having a good time and nostalgia and great editing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I don't know, people really love The World's End, but it, it doesn't quite climb up to the echelon that Hot Fuzz or even Shaun of the Dead do. Um, I think those movies have a lot more to say and this one is still fun. Um, but by the end of it, I was like, okay, this is yeah, it's a cool twist. I get it. Um, but I was kind of hoping for more. But if you like those guys, you'll love this movie. Yeah, if you just want kind of more of the same. This was like, um, you know, when you compare Todd Phillips' career, you look at The Joker and you look at Hangover. God, we've got to talk about that later. These are more similar to like The Hangover, this movie. Uh, World's End? Yeah. It was oh, like sure. It was like the buddy comedy. They were all kind of buddy comedies, but this one was way more like, let's get drunk and have an adventure. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot more of that shenanigan type thing. Yeah. 
Um, and part of that is just being surrounded by the drinking, like the drinking shenanigan shtick mm-hmm. um, is much easier to just like, you can be like, they're drinking. So therefore we can do all these crazy things. Yeah. Whereas in like uh spoiler alert for hot fuzz, I guess like you're in a, this village and people are, what is the deal? They're like, um, it's like a cult. Yeah. Didn't they become the undead too or something? No, I think they no, were just a cult that's right. that they sacrifice just, people. Yep. Um, so that's a little bit trickier because like the general audience doesn't have a reference point. Whereas we've all been drunk. So a pub crawl shenanigans, we're all like, yes, we're on board. Yep. Um, so I think it's a little bit uh, heavier handed than the other ones. Even zombies. Yep. Uh, any other flick picks you want to talk about? I watched El Camino. That's yes. Pretty relevant in pop culture, right? Yeah. Now. Hit me. Give me the, give me the gist. So this is what happens after it's hard to talk about this without spoiling somewhat the last episode of the last season of breaking bad. Okay, please don't though for me. No. Well, I heard some good things about this movie and I think I'm going to hear some good stuff from you. Um, so maybe just give me how you're Have feeling. You've never about seen it. breaking bad. I started breaking bad. It got too intense for me and I turned it off, it's, but I don't, I don't so want to resign myself to the fact that I'm never going to watch it. It got too intense for you. It was, yeah, it's was really the, intense. That seemed like the first episode or second episode where the guy like, they try to dissolve a body, but he gets the wrong tub. Oh, and it falls through and the it thing. melts. I'm like, I can't. I'm I got finals coming up right now. Like I had to graduate my freshman year of college. And I just You're like, this is too much. Too much for my fragile little college brain. But all that to say it is a follow-up. El Camino is to Breaking Bad. Yes. Okay. Um and it's gonna be hard to not talk about the last episode of Breaking Bad. But I'm going to do it in a way that it won't ruin it for you. Yeah. Um it follows the character of Jesse Pinkman after we'll say the events of the last episode. Perfect. Um and it's a really nice bow on his character arc in his moral evolution. I can feel you dancing around this and I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because he was always a counterbalance of sorts in the moral compass of the show, um, leaning more towards like, um, like chaotic good. Um, but we didn't really get to see his arc fulfilled. Um, and so this was a really nice kind of exclamation point on the whole show. Um, I really liked the way it followed up. And I think I went in kind of assuming it was going to be fan service, um, but it actually ended up being a really nice movie that fit into the canon of this show. Um, it was perfect for Netflix. It was a really digestible little, mm-hmm. like, I think it was about two hour movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think it it wrapped up some things nicely. It's a good closure, is what I would say. Yeah, it's cool. You've got got two of those under your belt now. That and Deadwood. Yes, and and Deadwood the movie was good. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so cool that it's happening because a lot of times that sort of wheelhouse butchers the original source material. Exactly. But what's cool that was Vince Gilligan, the creator and writer and director of the whole show and actor in and, one episode. That's right. He was in one, uh, but he did this movie, so it was really true. To the Breaking Bad style, yeah. the writing, it was it was still his work, which made it feel very genuine. Right. I mean, looking here, he so he wrote that for sure. He produced it and he directed it and it was his directorial debut in film, which yeah. is great. He also wrote on Hitchcock, that uh, Will Smith movie when he was a superhero back oh, in the wow. day, um, and a couple other movies that uh, you and I certainly haven't yeah. seen. But, but it was great, uh, and I really liked it. And if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, you should definitely watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very serious. And, uh, yeah, a little intense if you're also, in your freshman year of college. Yeah, wait. But also, it's 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 one of the best TV shows ever made. I think that's universally agreed upon. And 
Yeah, I thought the same thing. I'd heard a bunch of, of the same thing about like the Sopranos, mm-hmm. but I couldn't yeah. get through it. The Sopranos was so. You slow. gave it up. I gave yeah. up. Yeah. How far did you get? I don't know. Like I remember you talking about that like a year ago. Yeah, I tried. I think I got through like two seasons. And I was just there's like, like ten or something. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it was. I talked about this. It was when episodic television was appointment based, so you had mm-hmm. to wait yeah. every yep. Sunday. Yep. Uh, it did not just live up in the generation we live yeah. in now of streaming. You had to wait like four episodes for something to happen sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's just simply unacceptable. Yeah, there's something to be said with the conversation about patience. Yeah, in 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 the value of that and what it should be, and, sure. and how people should create shows now. But I I don't think to throw a blanket statement like you, it's unacceptable to wait four episodes for a particular plot point to develop is rele- or not relevant, but maybe fair. Like, because I'm sure there wasn't nothing in between those four. No, like, there was, but it was just a lot of buildup mm-hmm. and a lot of character development. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many characters, and it was. At the time, I could see how it was groundbreaking and and absolutely amazing. But like in this day and age, I just didn't see it. That's fair. Did I talk about Carnival Row on here? No, bro. I'm not positive, but I don't think so. I have to touch on that. We'll talk about it at some point. If or I'll just tell you off air. Sure. Because it was. Either way. Oh my god, it was so good. But anyways, watch Carnival Row too. Sure. That's Is that a, a movie. No, it's a series. Okay. With um, what's his name? The 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 pirate guy, Orlando Bloom. <laughs> He's not okay. He's not a pirate. He's an English gentleman who finds out he's <laughs> I a pirate. You're gonna say he's an English lord. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyways, it was a really, really good show. It was um, almost high fantasy with um, like fairies that like fly around and like there's, there's minotaurs in it. It's what like, is Cannibal Row? Carnival Carn- Row. Carnival Row. Carnival? Carnival. Carnival Row. I thought you said Carnivore the whole time. I thought you were saying Carnivore Row. <laughs> you know, Carnivore Row. Okay. Com, com, that sounds com. like a band you'd listen to, right? Yeah. yeah I just. Because I'm seeing Cannibal Corpse this yeah, weekend. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, you have Amazon Prime Video again? Yeah. Uh, watch Carnival Row. Okay. It was such a... I loved it. Okay. We'll talk more in depth, but we've t- rambled on about shit we've been watching for way too Fair. long. Though, on that note, I do have one final thing. Oh, God. It's a documentary I really wanted to watch for a very long time. I missed it at the pageant. It's called The Biggest Little Farm. Oh. Uh, I was so excited for it. And I, I saw it on the plane. I'm like, what are the odds? That's cool. Flew onto the radar. Uh Incidentally, we were flying above the radar, and that's where that movie lived. And the farm. Right. So it's this documentary that came out in 2018. It's about this family that lives kind of down near L.A., and they decided to buy this big old decrepit plot of land and start a full-scale, basically, micro-environment. That's so cool. Um, Was it awesome? It was awesome. There's some things that I didn't like, and in lieu of just rambling on for more time, I'm just going to read my review. Three out of five stars. I said... Cute and heartfelt with a strangely uncompelling narrative. The strength of this film lies in what it has to show of the beauty of nature, and that's about it. Uh, some of the dramatic narrative elements at times felt a bit soapboxy to me, particularly the coyote thing. Uh, if you've seen it, you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, and I absolutely get the point they're trying to make, but it just felt a little bit out of place, the coyote thing. Uh, the documentary could have stood alone without the dramatic story beats, but it still works as a window into the lives of two people trying to craft their lives into something meaningful in a truly gorgeous way is really, really nice. Um, and if you're into um, farming or gardening or just kind of self-sustaining, it's a wonderful look at that lifestyle. Nice. Biggest little farm. Check it out. I've put a lot of thought into trying to like live off the grid. Mm-hmm. Be freaking mm-hmm. cool, man. But I don't, it'd just be real hard. Yes. A lot of work. That's fair. A lot of work, but that's interesting. I want to watch that documentary. Is it available streaming anywhere? I'll look into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's out there. It's like a buck 20. 
I think. Yeah, just rent it. When I say buck twenty in terms of uh, time is what I was going for. I meant like an hour. Oh, 20. you mean like it's like a buck twenty on the no. iTunes. To it's rent. not a good phrase. I don't. I tried it out and I don't like it. It's like an hour and twenty minutes, maybe. If you just add the word long, it's like a buck twenty long. Yeah, that's better. There you or go. would you think a hundred? No, I would think hour units 20. of time cool. immediately. Let's go to break. Let us take a break. We will be right back and we'll dive into yes. the dark and grease painted world of Joker. We're not going to spoil <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm so sick of that. We're not spoiling it yet. That's part of this whole thing. So don't worry about it. If you haven't seen it, we're not spoiling it. And we'll be right back. The Handlebar right here in Chico is a lovely craft beer bar and restaurant, and they're open seven days a week. But more than that, they have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off all their draft beers. That's right. Dollar off any of their beers. Great deals on cocktails and also half off bottles of wine, which is just crazy pants. Yeah, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out. Seven days a week, happy hour, 2 to 6 p.m. Arthur, does it help to have someone to talk to? My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose. To bring laughter and joy to the world. it just me or is it getting crazier out there smile though your heart is aching smile even though it's breaking when there are clouds in the sky you'll get by what? if you smile Smile, and maybe tomorrow. You What's so funny? Just freak. <laughs> you heard it here. Probably not first, because this movie's gotten a ton of marketing. But that was a trailer for Joker. Mm-hmm. It's a film starring. Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Todd Phillips, who has done Hangovers 1, 2, and 3, Due Date, also with Zach Galifianakis, uh, and I think Robert Downey Jr., if I remember right. Mm-hmm. I think he did Starsky and Hutch with uh, Owen Wilson. Oh. Or Luke Wilson. Yeah, One of those guys. Sure. And Ben Stiller. Um, wow. All this to say, he's uh, not necessarily known for films like this. No. And films like this, I mean, maybe a little bit grittier. Yeah. A little bit more intense mm-hmm. uh, origin stories of supervillains, yeah. which I think you can classify this movie as. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into some hard facts here in a minute, um, but Johnny, I don't want to hear about your uh, your opinion of the movie. I don't want to hear about your viewing experience. What was it like watching this movie for you? It was fine. You can be as vague or as specific as you'd like. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was fine. There was a lot of chatter. Got it. Uh, chatter you know, from my left and my right. I see. In Russian, sure. <laughs> 
All right. So this came out on October 4th. So we're a couple weeks late to this, but as we've said before, we've been off the air and uh, we had a couple choices of movies and, and this is the one we wanted to tackle. Um, and as of the 20th of October, it's made 247.25 million roughly. It's rated R. It runs just over two hours long. Uh, and it was made on a measly little budget of $55 million, which compared to how much it's made is actually a pretty good feat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think personally, this movie rides on the uh, performance of Joaquin Phoenix, and that's about it. Almost it. There's actually some really, really fantastic camera work in here. And I think for me, those are the two things that stand out here. We'll get into some uh, things that we didn't like. But first, what are some stuff, some stuffs that you did like? What are some stuffs? Yeah. Well, um, Joaquin Phoenix. Sure. And also, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. But the the really the most important thing God, if you say Joaquin is Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> um, yeah, man. There was uh, lots of things that they tried to do with this movie. Um, for me personally, none yeah. of which really worked. Give me some examples. Um, stuff they tried. They tried to create like a socioeconomic climate of um, unrest and civil inequality. Uh, and it didn't really play into the plot of this movie as seamlessly as it could have mm. uh, in a believable way. Um, I liked his role. I think this movie was about him and only him and everything else in his universe is uh, a subplot. You know what I mean? This sure. is this movie is kind of viewed through the way of, that the character views himself. Like it's it's about him. We're living in his universe. Okay. It's his world. Um, I thought it was very interesting. I thought Joaquin Phoenix is insane. And, yeah, like you can tell he probably went way too deep. For I don't. This. I don't get like you know an Avenger. Is it Avengers? It's Captain America. When he comes out, when he goes into the machine, like the whole first however long in the movie that is, and he's like really, really scrawny, and they CGI his body, but mm-hmm. you didn't know that because it yeah. looks. Pr- I mean, you know it because it's Chris Evans's face, but it seems like the the methodology or the method acting part where you lose a ton of weight and go like just really bare bones is less and less important. Yeah. Though when you see it, it's still like, oh, that's cool. But if somebody had told me that was all CGI and he was wearing a green suit, I'd be like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he did. No. He lost so much weight. Which is questionable. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, I mean, this movie had like big dreams and big vision, but to me it didn't follow through with that. It was really like like kind of what you said, just Joaquin Phoenix carrying this movie by acting mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. So much acting. Fairly well. Yeah. I think. I don't want to undercut that. No, it was a very good performance from him. But like, I think this movie didn't have much else to offer. Um, I mean, and you could look at it like they kind of pandered to, for it to be a commentary on like mental health in a lot of ways. Did it? Was it a commentary on it or was it just a movie that really leaned on the mental health? I, I, I don't I mean, think that there was. Are those two things mutually exclusive? Because if you lean on it, it becomes a movie about it. So not necessarily. I think like. There's certainly – because maybe we should do a tiny bit of backstory. This is actually a really interesting movie in that – I'm not a huge – maybe this is common knowledge and I'm just not a big superhero fan, so I don't know it. Like I don't really know much about the character. Um, I've, I was thinking about it. I've never seen a movie that I can think of just about the villain because he ends up being a villain. Though he doesn't – he isn't played as a villain in this, which is an interesting take as well. Yeah. We can talk about if that works or not. But he plays more of a victim. Yeah, slash martyr. Not he does. I mean, that insinuates that he dies, and maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't want to spoil stuff, but we know he's a villain in Batman movies, so he doesn't die. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not a martyr, but certainly like a, an icon of a movement. Mm-hmm. And that's not usually the the view you get of Joker. He's he's like Batman's arch nemesis. Um, so that's kind of strange. Yeah, um, it, and I think it could work. It also didn't work for me in that he's he's like just existing. It's an origin story about a villain without a hero, and that's a weird take. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, yeah, and I, he does. He's mentally uh, got some problems. I don't think his uh, his affliction of laughing uncontrollably is real. Yeah, um, there's even points where it's kind of inconsistent. At one point, there he he lives with his mom, and they're watching something on TV. It's made, this is like an hour in, by the way. We understand he just laughs. He, it's explained to us multiple times. He can't help it. He carries a little card. He's like, I laugh. Sorry about it. And at one point, he like chuckles, and his mom's like, that's not funny. It's like, you're you're his mom. Like, you live with him. You know he laughs. Right. Maybe don't say that to him. He's probably not laughing. Mm. But he was. It was like his little like narrative inconsistencies that maybe like kind of took me out of it. I took that as... Um that was actually like a genuine laugh. Like he, th- no, it was. I, he, yeah. I, no, but like, and then her being like, just picked you're up on stupid. It. Like, mm. no, that's not funny. Yeah. Like I can tell that was a real laugh and you're wrong. Like, which made it kind okay. of even more insulting. Yeah. Like, damn mom. But at least it's grounded. Get off my back, dude. Yeah. I'm that's trying fair. to chuckle at some black and white television here. <laughs> Shoot. Um, I have to say that the first thing I thought of watching this was how, much it reminded me of taxi driver yeah i haven't watched taxi driver it doesn't help that rob de niro's in this no it does not help at all but also like taxi driver i've watched it recently Mm -hmm. and it's very fresh in my scorsese movie isn't it yeah yeah very fresh in my mind and um just that whole narrative about you heard it in the trailer like it's it's getting a lot darker out there oh sure like the robert de niro in taxi driver has a monologue that's almost identical and it's set Roughly within a decade of each other, this movie. Um, this movie was set in like 1981 I was having a hard time pinning it down. Yeah, like early 80s. Yeah, okay. Like 81. Um, 80, 81. And Taxi Driver was set in like mid to late 70s. Okay. So very similar vibe. And just even some of the cinematography, the grainy grittiness of it. You think like maybe homage homage almost to the point of being derivative. Oh, yeah. Like it's a it, dangerous it, line. It's real close. A game like this director is not like hasn't broken ground on... Uh, gritty dramas yeah so it would make sense to glean inspiration from somebody who at least tonally and narratively has a similar movie out there yeah um but yeah if you if you tow the line too far in one direction you're like you're just ripping off another movie yeah and that's that's a a treacherous line to walk because taxi driver had a lot to say Mm. and you have to evaluate if what you have to say with your movie is as important if you're going to draw so much direct inspiration from something like that, which sure. is an American classic. So this movie really, for me, it didn't hit the mark for me. I loved Joaquin Phoenix in it. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really something. But as a movie, there wasn't a lot drawing me in besides his performance. Yeah, I mean, it's such an interesting thing to talk about in a climate of superhero movies because you do have certain expectations. And on one hand, subverting those expectations with a story like this is kind of interesting. Um, but then you do sort of get this like Bruce Wayne problem yeah. throughout the movie where it's like, like you were saying to me, like tries to tie it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, I don't know. Like, I feel like at this point, the Batman parents being murdered in an alley story has been told on so many different screens. Yeah. Um, that like, all I remember is like gunshot pearls. Uh, I was wondering if they're going to incorporate the pearls and they super did. Like you have to, but, um, 
I think it's like almost directly contradictory to the rest of the story. Like you either like make it about him and leave Batman out of it because I think bringing in Batman is like changing our expectations a little bit. Um, I like that you bring up having something to say and whether or not it's worth it. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't know that this does, if there is a message here, it's hard to glaze over the, the mentally ill thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and maybe it's just the time that we're in, but making this movie, you have to, as Todd Phillips, like you have to know in, in American culture, like, if you have a really strong plot point where it's giving a guy a gun and it's even said in the movie, like, what did you think is going to happen? That feels real dicey to me. Like, yeah, like you're, I don't know. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Well, and that, that in itself, the whole giving him a gun. I mean, it was so on the nose, Chekhov's gun. Like, sure. I actually, yeah. Like it's so on the nose. Like, Oh, he got a gun in the first act. In the third act, it must go off. Yeah, it goes off a lot before that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. So it's like, on one hand, they're trying to be like, if like I'm saying, if there is a message, it's like, don't give mentally ill people guns, I guess. Or if they do kill people, like, blame it on their illness, which doesn't feel good to me either. Yeah. At one point, he literally says, like, I'm off my medication and I feel a lot better. And the music is like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels, it feels, it feels like ground that is not familiar to the person writing and directing the material. And it's not most of the time, like mentally challenged jokes by this director, uh, tend to be like really sloppy and, and kind of degrading. And like there, I can think of the word retard being thrown around a bunch in the hangover movies and like to, to make such a dramatic turn here, it just feels out of place. And it feels sloppily handled. Yeah. Me. It makes you wonder if it's pandering to the, the current climate. I don't know. Almost to a point where it's uh, a little bit too handholdy. Yeah. But I like, but it's contradicting. Like, what is it trying to say yeah. about that? Yeah, exactly. And we see this, this villain being made into a villain by society, by no um, decision or consequence of his own. So, like, he has no accountability in everything that he's becoming. Mm. So, like, his victimness is very, like, all-encompassing. You know, this character has tons of self-pity and self-loathing mm-hmm. and not really any, um, you know, stake in what's happening to him. It seems like he doesn't make any choices that would lead him away from this. It's kind of like, all these bad things are happening to me, therefore I am now a villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Cause he, that's the other problem you're saying. You were saying it's uh, told from, or it's sort of portrayed like it's his story. Like we're seeing it from his perspective, which is true except for the times that we're not. Yeah. And even when we're not, it's not like he's being indicted for being bad. Yeah. Um, like I'm thinking of just even the most intense parts of this movie. It's still, we barely spend any time, um, dealing in what would in the real world be some very intense, like what just happened like mm-hmm. that. But it, it kind of, moves on yeah and is more concerned with like the 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 riots that start breaking out and like his own dealing with it which isn't much yeah yeah it just feels imbalanced to me Mm -hmm. like it wanted to have something to say but it never really followed through on that yeah i think it started it could it started a bunch of ideas Mm -hmm. and could have pursued them but didn't yeah and it sucks because i wanted to love this movie yeah I did too. I was geared up to just be all in on this. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't, I just couldn't get on board with it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What are, is there anything else you, you enjoyed or that I enjoyed, you disliked? Well, so I think a lot of the stuff that I enjoyed was, was on the technical side though. 
it's to me, it seems like there were two different cinematographers throughout this movie. There's one that finds these really cool angles and puts the camera, holds it still, looks at a stairwell, and we watch him walk down it or an alleyway or, or, um, like these really, like, there's one shot of a, I think it's a train track, and we're like way above it and looking out at the skyline of the city. And there's these really cool, like, uses of perspective. But then the other times, it's like the camera's always moving just a little bit. And there's always something like in the way, but it wasn't consistent enough to think that it was saying anything. But it's always like moving, almost just for the sake of moving a camera around so the shots don't seem dull, which seems lazy to me. Like, make your shots interesting by the stuff in them. You yeah. just have to move your camera. And it was like, these two different, there's like a lot of patience in some of these beautiful shots. There's a great shot where there is motion. Um, I think he's on his way, um, to, we'll say an interview. Um, and he's sitting at the back of a bus and the bus is moving forward. The camera's moving backwards. So you get this really crazy perspective shift. Um, and, and you're like increasing on him and there's glowing light in the background. There's graffiti on the bus. I think that the world around him is built very well in this movie. Um, like it, it feels lived in and it feels like there is some unrest and there's poor people everywhere and there's riots about to break out at any moment. So I think, I think the actual world is done pretty well. Um, there's a really cool moment where you go from, uh, chaos to calm basically through a doorway. And like, that's a whole nother tangent of what they could have been talking about. I was like, yeah, like what you're saying, the, um, the difference between like rich and poor, um, literally hundreds of people outside in disarray and you're inside watching a movie or something in a mm-hmm. tuxedo, interesting stuff. And they just don't pursue it. It's such a bummer. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many thoughts left like unfinished. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking over my notes to see if there's anything else. Um, there was a sick transition in there. Uh, he gets punched in the face at one point and then he's hunched over a bathroom sink mm. and like a drop of blood falls onto this white marble counter. And then you're like looking at the blood. But then the next thing you know, he's hunched over in the same position in his apartment. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'd be curious to know if there are two cinematographers on this. No, there's just this one. And it was the day, same man. guy that did uh, hangover. The cinematographer as well? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. There's a there's a shot in this movie. Um I'll save it for the end. That could, that's too hard to talk about. All right. Uh that's Joker. Let's mm-hmm. rate it. So for me, um, I've thought a lot about this because I've still been fighting myself to love it mm-hmm. and just like knowing that it fell short in Yeesh. so many ways. Mm-hmm. It's rough, dude. It's it's like a four three. That's pretty low. Yeah. It, it, I, I wanted it to be better. Yeah. Like I wanted it to say something that like felt really poignant and um, relevant in some way to social commentary or the age we're living in. And I think this movie had massive potential to do that. And it had potential to be really important and something that means a lot and mm-hmm. could have meant something. And I think I have to give it such a low score because it, in fact, didn't follow through on any of that. Yeah. And that, for me, is worse than a bad movie just being bad. Because this is uh, on the bad side of a movie that could have been great. And we saw the potential there. So it's a big bummer for me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think the only reason I'm going to give it a five um, is because his performance is really good. It's really good. That's an intense thing. Like, sure, the preparation... Like, even though it's unnecessary, mm-hmm. you appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you might give him a five, but the Hollywood people are going to give him an Oscar. So why do you think that? I think that you're going to give him an Oscar. Why? It was a movie that seemed like made for him to win a best actor award. Really? Yeah. I didn't get that vibe. Uh, I think that you can, you can do all the physicality stuff. Um, but if I think about Oscars in the past, it tends to come down to 
uh, story portrayal. And when you look down at it, there's not much story to be portrayed here. So I think if we're going on record, he certainly doesn't win an Oscar. I might even hazard he doesn't get nominated. Oh, he'll get nominated. We can put a bet on that one. That's fun. That's a fun bet. Uh, I'll bet you a four loco on this come February. Oh, he's getting nominated for best actor. Um, mm, I could see it, but I, I certain you think he's going to win is what you're going to, you no, said they're going to give him nominated. an Oscar. You said they're going to give him an Oscar. I said, they'll probably give him an Oscar. Okay. And you said, you said probably, they're going to give him an and Oscar. And you said he won't even get nominated. I said, he's definitely not going to win. I could see him not getting nominated. Okay. So what's the bet? The bet is if he gets an Oscar for it, I will drink an entire four loco before we start and another one while we're recording. Oh. Now, if he does not win, uh, you drink one four loco. If he doesn't get nominated, you drink two. Deal. Okay. Deal. Shake on it. Deal. It's on. We're on record. I think this is like, yeah, we need this to, is the one thing that is even more. Uh, we need to write that down. Stapling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That'll be fun. Yeah. He's going to get nominated and he probably won't win because I don't think he should. Yeah. But I think he'll get nominated for sure. I could see him getting nominated. Yeah. You just said you didn't. I don't think he will, but I could see him getting nominated. I just think there's going to be a lot better. Like if he did, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. But I think there's going to be enough better stuff coming out. Between now and then. Even yeah. uh, if I, I mean, if I thought about it, I bet you I could name some others that deserve more. But I bet like Viggo Mortensen, Green Book, all day, baby. Yeah, that's right. I could see uh, like uh, Brad Pitt in Ad Astra getting nominated. Did and, you see that? Yeah. I we watched it. it. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. We, we didn't. Wa- we did not watch it. I watched it. You might have watched it for this show, and then we didn't yeah. record. Yeah. I still have beers from that episode too. Yeah. I'm just gonna drink them. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I watched that Astra. Mm-hmm. How was it? It was fine. It was right. really long. Mm-hmm. So long. Was there time travel in that movie at all? Hmm, no. Okay. No. Not right. so much. Anyways, let's put Joker to bed so we can move on with our lives. Yes. Okay. So Joker. Four point three for you, five for me. Uh, go see it if you want. We're gonna spoil it. Maybe I have one thing I want to spoil later on. Uh, I don't know how much time we're gonna spend on it, but we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about another beer or maybe two. It's oh, hard to say. Who knows? Don't go anywhere. All right, we are back in the thick of it, and we have uh, our first of two extra beers. Not extra beers. Two of our final beers. Uh, these are just quickly more Norwegian beers. Uh, this one is by Graf, by Graf, from Graf, made by Graf, I guess. Um, it's called Scandyland. Uh, Candyland is the idea, I assume. In Scandinavia. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and they call this a New England candy IPA. Um, what kind of candy? I don't know. But uh, it's so a lot of this is in Norwegian. So forgive me. But. It is from Tromsø, Norway, which is where I stayed uh, for about a week on my honeymoon. And I was really excited to find this. It's super hazy. There's a ton of sediment in the bottom. It looks hazy through the brown glass yeah. bottle. So we're going to be very uh, delicate in our pours here. I'm going to pour just a bit here. Not too much. I'm going to leave a lot of that sediment behind so I don't get any of that in this first pour. But um, looking at this bottle, it's a 6% IPA. And I think that is the extent of the words that I can read on this. I'm really nervous about what kind of candy they put in here. Oh, so you think it was made with candy? I don't know. You're saying it's a candy IPA. I I didn't consider that it might be actually made with candy, but it might be. People do all kinds of dumb stuff like that, man. Mm-hmm. This is far and away maybe the most radical sort of looking beer that I found. Yeah. Um. I mean, it says candy IPA, so I was, I mean, I don't know. 
What if this tastes like Swedish fish? It looks like it might taste like Smarties or something. But it smells like a pretty traditional New England IPA to me. You're tasting it. Um, What's it telling you? Huh. That actually just tastes like a really good Mm. hazy IPA. Does it? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely no candy in it. Thank God. That's actually quite tasty. Yeah, I mean... It's certainly sweet, um, but it doesn't yeah, it doesn't taste like a candy specifically or anything. I don't know if I would like that. I think I'd probably dislike that. The candy, if it did taste like if it tastes like Skittles, that's too far. I think we're close to there though. It's yeah, coming. We are. It is really good though. This no, is very nice. nice. Um, yeah. Do you have any other thoughts you want to? I chime mean, in? I think it it would fall somewhere in like the mediocre range of. American style East Coast like hazy beers. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like world class, but it's definitely it's mid range. I'd give it above mid range. I think this is somewhere between uh if like a five out of ten is like average and a ten is great, this is like pretty good. Yeah. With that intonation. It's not pretty good. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. It's pretty good. Like I don't I hate to be this consistent, but I feel this way. I think it's an eight for me. This is a pretty solid beer. Did you just bring back a bunch of beers from Norway to give mates? Yeah, maybe. I'm glad that these are all not garbage beers. Like yeah. I, I, again, I tried beers that were readily available mostly on tap. So grabbing these beers that I was unfamiliar with in bottles and cans, there's a good chance there's going to be garbage. Yeah, but these are all pretty good. No, you've been you've done some good work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's I mean that's pretty solid, man. That's really good. Yeah, like. I think that the balance you want to, or that at least that I want to taste in a New England IPA is a bit of hoppiness that doesn't leave you with a harsh bitterness, sweetness up front, a little bit of uh, what can only be described as juiciness Mm -hmm. uh, to keep you from start to finish, and some nice flavors. And this has all of that. It's all, I guess, my only thing is that it does feel a little bit heavier than I think it should for six, what is it, six, five? Six. Six. Six flat. Yeah, I mean, it, it it drinks pretty heavy. Shy of that, I think this is very, very good. Pretty good. I don't see where it says candy IPA on here. It's uh, right around the side right here. New England candy IPA. Yeah, so I kind of want to know. I might is, look it up. Is that their word for hazy? No. <laughs> you don't know. I do be. know. That's not what that is. I know that because the rest of that four words is in English. Yeah, that's fair. Huh. I wonder if that's their way of just saying, like, it's a New England sweet IPA. Maybe. Um, let's take a look. Let's see. We'll, we'll look on something familiar. I, let's go down to Beer Advocate. Um, let's hmm. see here. Either way, this beer is uh, better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. It's way better than and I And this was, was from the actual town that you stayed in. So that's yep. even cooler. Yep. Um, there's <laughs> So clearly not very well distributed. There's not a whole lot about this on Beer Advocate. Score. Uh, let's needs more it. ratings. Yeah, needs more ratings. Uh, checking in tapped real quick. Um, okay. Wow. A lot more here. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 oh, it's a collaboration. I didn't know this. Is that real? Does it say anything about Norway brewing, which is in Maine? That's confusing. Yeah, there's, I is. guess there's a town in Maine, America called Norway. Maine, America. You know? Is that how you say that? Uh, graph. And Amundsen. Wait, what? It says 
Brigitte of Graf and the Munson. That's the that's this. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah look right there. Is this a collaboration? Well, it is, but I didn't. So, um, Amundsen is the is the beer is the is the uh, Ink and Dagger beer that we did yeah. earlier. But what I'm seeing online is that it was actually a collaboration with an American brewery. So maybe this is a different version. Um, maybe. Either way, on Untapped it says it's uh, got loads of Norwegian candy in it. Yeah, it does say that. I don't, I don't taste any candy. Well. You know, it might taste a little bit different being in a beer. I guess. But huh. it, you'd think it'd be like sweeter. This seems like a really good opportunity to reach out to the brewery. This is like a good note. We can send an email. Call them. You can't. I can't. Their numbers. Here's how their phone numbers are structured. It's like single number, two numbers, four numbers, like five. I don't think our phones do it. We could do it. You can't. Yeah, you, you literally can't dial that from your phone. Yeah, you can. You can't. It won't do anything. Really? Yes. You punch the numbers in and push send. It's not a phone number. No- your phone doesn't recognize that as a phone number. What? Yeah. So you can't call Norway from America? Not with the Norwegian number the way that it is. You what? have to do, I can't remember what you have to do, but I, I learned this. You have to do something. And I don't know what it is, but you can't, like, you, this phone is made to call uh, 10 digit phone numbers. That's weird. Yeah. Or at least iPhones are, huh? From what I've been told, crazy. And well, what I tried. <laughs> so. Well, now my purpose in life is to try and call Norway. That'd be fun. Uh, hopefully, you have unlimited minutes internationally because those can get pricey. I don't know if I do. You know what's probably even better is if we just do Instagram. That's sort of the uh, the international freebie. What call them on Instagram? No, no, no. Just like send them a message. Oh, yeah, we could do that. Um. What yeah, do you think I think of we this should. Beer? I really like it. It's pretty. I angry. like it enough to talk this much about trying to get a hold of the brewery, if that helps you, at all. <laughs> See if I can find them. Um, well, what do you think about this beer? It's real nice. Did you dump it by chance into your glass? Do I you have? Did you get the rest of what's in there? No, I didn't dump it. Okay, I went light. I'm gonna see because there was a ton of sediment hanging out. I kind of want to see what that's about. Um, so I'm gonna finish what I have Bro, in my glass. Maybe that's the candy. Just the skittles fall out or a sweet no, tart. Like, seriously, what if you were supposed to roll it and like the bottom part's all sweet and shit? It could be. Yeah, I bet it is. Well, we should rate this beer. These people don't want to listen to us try and find a brewery on Instagram. Well, I rated it already. Did you? I gave it an eight. Oh yeah, you did. Because well, everything's yeah. an eight. Not everything. Just everything's an eight. With just you. beers that are pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's like a seven eight. 7.8. Yep. You've been really hovering around my ratings tonight. Well. I gave it the first one an 8. You gave it a 7.9. You gave the next one an 8.4, and you gave this one a 7.8. Yeah. All right. It'd be really dumb if we just gave everything the same rating. Like, who, who even are we at that point? <laughs> People that understand each other, and we have, we we just got the same palates. Our palates are cycling together. Mm-hmm. We just taste the same stuff. We're synced up. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. At this point, we need to decide if we want to do this fourth and final beer. Well, it's open. That's true. Okay. Let us, or do you want to jump to hot and bothered? This is untraditional. So we could do hot and bothered, hit the beer again. I don't have much more to say about Joker. So by the time we get there, I don't either. So let's do, uh, let's do hot and bothered. Okay. What's going on, man? It's What's, been a couple of weeks. It's been a month since people has. have heard it's about you. It's been a long time. What's I'm, new? I'm settled into the new job. Really right. enjoying that. You prepped that for like weeks. Yeah. So you're going to have to say more than that. Yeah. What is I'm your new job? Running the cold beverage department 
at Six Degrees Coffee locally here in Chico. Love it. Yeah. I am in charge of selling a lot of kombucha and a lot of coffee, and it's been really fun. I'm learning a lot of new things. It's new challenges. It's fun. It's good. It's similar to what I've been doing in its um, direct application. Uh, it's different in its um, the products that I'm working with. So Because of coffee instead of alcohol. Exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of nice to be out of the beer industry, man. Why? Uh, I just, I'm not surrounded by craft beer all day, every day anymore. Why is that bad? Uh, or why, it, why because was that bad? I, because I appreciate it more and I have a desire to seek it out oh, more when yeah. I'm off work. Yeah. Because when it's something that you do full time, 40 plus hours a week, um, it's hard to find motivation to enjoy it. Like music. Yeah. Like music. I exactly. Um, yeah, man, it was just the pleasure and the enjoyment wasn't there for me to like go buy a new craft beer after work. Yeah. So I'm I'm starting to get back into that a little bit. Uh it's nice, but it's also fun being challenged and learning new things. So Fair. Uh what okay, so 6 degrees coffee. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, where is it roughly? Uh it's located here in North Chico off mm-hmm. Cohasset out by the airport. Great. Yeah. Small um, company. There's like 15 of us that work there. There's an open shop. People can go get coffee. I think you have to have a business. Like, you Okay, so to... you guys are mostly distribution and wholesale. Yes. Okay. Um, do you sell beans to businesses? Can yeah. people find the coffee around town? Yes. Where? And yes. All over. Because we sell some big. Rayleigh's. Big na- yeah. Okay. Yeah. We sell big name brands. We sell small brands. We sell all kinds of brands. Wait. You sell, you sell two brands? Like you sell your coffee to other brands? We don't have a coffee. A distributor is like when I worked for Sicani. Oh, it's strictly distributed. We're strictly a distributor. I see. For some reason, I thought you also roasted. No. Okay. No, we work directly with roasters to distribute their coffee. Okay, give me a couple smaller ones that you do. Uh, Equator. Love it. Uh, San Francisco. Grady's. Oh, Grady's. Do, do we do like Intelligentsia? Sure. That's a great coffee. Yeah. You do all those? Uh-huh. That's fun. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of fun stuff. Okay. Well, great. Yeah. Have you found that you are drinking more coffee now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And better coffee. Do you get free coffee? Yeah. 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 That's where it's at. And also like the people there make really good coffee and I'm going to learn how to. There it is again. That's why I think you're saying roasting because they don't make the coffee. No, but like we have every top of the line barista quality Mm. coffee equipment Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. our break room lobby. Oh, just because we sell it. Make your own coffee. Well, we sell it as well. So like if you opened a coffee shop right now. You could come visit us. We can mm-hmm. set you up with an espresso machine. That's tight. All the beans, everything you need, cups. You know what I mean? Can so, I come to your break room? I think you could come see us. I'm going to swing by. Everybody knows you already. They all been listening to the podcast. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Rich, bunch of the guys. Shout out, Rich. What's up? He, does he really listen? Yeah. He's been asking me, like, what's your next movie on the podcast? Are you doing Joker? And I'm like, yeah. I don't believe you. Dead serious. Unless Rich reaches out, I think he's made up. This is not no, a real person. he's a real person. There's a guy named Rich yeah. that listens to this show. Yeah. At work. All right. Imaginary Rich, reach out. FHCCastofGMO.com. We'll see if you exist or not. He's at least been asking what our next movie is. Okay. So. Uh, on that note, FreshHopCinema.com, because we put it all there. That's Rich, right. Go check it out. Yep. So it's been fun, man. I've been learning cool. a lot about coffee and kombucha. Drinking more kombucha than I ever have. Kombucha is apparently very good for you. It's really good for you. It you makes you bacteria feel. bacteria in your tum-tum, and it makes you poop better, I guess. In probiotic form. Yes. Yeah. It's real nice. And we there's, yeah, I don't want to talk shop too much, but yeah. there's some exciting new stuff with uh, half kombucha, half sparkling water. 
So you get kind of like it sounds a, like a watered down kombucha. <laughs> a little bit, but you get like way more sparkles. It's way more smooth, less bitter. Why not just make the kombucha more carbonated? Because it would not be more water. It would just be more bubbles. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. You want with the water, you smooth out a lot of the rough edges. You that like maybe, that real that real vinegary kombucha? No. Yeah. It's that's, that's the intense stuff. Yeah. People it's, are like, I like kombucha. You're like, you like health aid kombucha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A damn ass natural foods kombucha drinker. Right. Some of them are good. The vinegary ones. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. You got to really want it. You have to want it. You got to want it good. But yeah. uh, Yeah. I like kombucha. Yeah. It's fun. I'll bring you coffee. I'll bring you some stuff. You already brought me coffee. We'll have some sample times. That sounds good. Be good. We should get you out to the warehouse. Deal. Be fun. But enough about you. Yeah. Uh, I was married recently. uh, Nobody cares. I don't care. I was, that's literally, I was was married. I went on my honeymoon. Yeah. Now this beer, but fine. Do you have more? (laughs) Uh, This was an awesome weekend for beer. Yeah. Okay, good. I was working all weekend. Yeah. We should talk about this. If you live in Chico, California, you will know that if you were in the beer scene too, you know that this was the Sierra Nevada Hop Festival. Yes. Uh, single, Called something, right? Uh, single Fresh Wet Wild. Yeah. Usually. Uh, it was a really fun time. I ended up going. Uh, I didn't think I was going to go, so I had a bottle share with a bunch of people from out of town. Beforehand? The night before. Yeah, okay. Because I didn't wasn't sure if I was going to go. Ended up getting some tickets day of uh, and kind of cruised over and, and had a blast. Met some cool people. Ended up drinking with some uh, owners of a brewery locally here. That was really fun that evening. You can't just say that and not say the brewery. Uh, I don't know. Come it's, on. It feels a little like dick swinging. Who cares? I want to know. Tell um, me. Yeah. So I drank with one of the owners of Moxa. Sacramento. Right? Yeah. Roseville yeah. or Rose, yeah, yeah, one of those around there. Yeah, we had a nice time. We had a little house share after the festival at, at your place. No, at oh. a buddy's house. He barbecued and invited us over, and we went over and had some chicken. Yeah, and it was a good time. I mean, Mox is kind of on the up and up. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I think Dick Swing or not, that's a you know mention it. Plus, sure. it was really cool. Did you tell him about the podcast? No, I think You're somebody there did though. Me. Somebody there did. Okay. No, like I wasn't. I don't like um you have this gateway into industry people. You have an obligation to tell them yeah, about this. But show. also people in the industry like don't like people trying to get at them just because they have access. You know what I mean? Like there's well, I a, don't like people lining up to get autographs, but they do it anyways. And I sign those autographs. I you I see you have the Costco <laughs> package of Sharpies. That's why I got so many. Uh you have you wear a wrist brace after shows. All what the, is all, I don't get that. Oh, for just like a cast? All the autographs. Yeah. Oh, I see. For wrist support. My brain went to people signing my own cast. Oh. <laughs> Can I get your autograph? <laughs> no, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, it, and I don't like being, like, I'm never really, like, starstruck. Like, you're just a yeah. dude. Like, it's yeah. cool. And, like, being on the other side of the industry, you can't really be like but that. But that's, that's the reason those people wouldn't mind you as much. Because you're not like, oh, my God, I have a podcast. I love you. Can you come with me? Like, yeah. Here, let me share some insight with you right now. Here it is. <laughs> not you, but everybody. Yeah. But also you. The difference between somebody that is successful at doing business on their own and somebody who isn't is initiative and just being like, look, I have a thing that I'm passionate about. You have a thing you're passionate about. Let's touch our passionate tips together and make something work. And I think that any, especially like craft beer person who knows how to hustle and like knew what it was like to start from the ground up would appreciate that kind of stuff. Sure. And I think, what was his name? New. mm -hmm. What's his name? New. Spell it. And you. New. I think he's Thai. Well, that makes a lot more sense then, I guess. Yeah. Well, 
I think him and other people appreciate that kind of stuff. I don't know how you spell his name now that I say it. That know. sounds right. That sounds I don't know. Uh, new. What else would it be? It's not N-E-W. I hope not. That would be, yeah. You know. But anyways, I'm glad you had fun. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a nice weekend. It was, um, the festival was so well put together. And one of the. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Wasn't last year, isn't that when they ran out of beer? Last year was the show. That was last year, right? And that's why they had the festival this year. Mm -hmm. Usually it's every other year. Yeah. Uh, they, They had to have a makeup festival. And they knocked it out of the park. That's so great. Yeah, they left the Oktoberfest tent up, so the whole thing was under yeah. a big, giant beer yeah. garden tent. Uh, tons of food trucks. Uh, everybody brought a ton of beer. Yeah, <laughs> it was really good. Got to see Brian McGivory from. There you um, go, Mc- McGivory. McGillivray. McGillivray. I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Fifty or uh, yeah, fifty. Yeah. 50. So I love that dude. Got yeah. to see him and hang out, and it was just one of those days where you just have like this overwhelming sense of joy and community. And I felt friendship. that at my wedding. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yep. Yeah. That's been the theme for the last like month is just like camaraderie and mm-hmm. joy and fellowship and uh, just getting to see friends that I hadn't seen for, you know, better part of a year. Yeah. And um, got to see um, some friends after your wedding, um, our friends, Andy, friend of the show, and his lady uh, actually got married. She was over here from Wales on our wedding day. No, it was oh. the they got married like September twenty fifth. It was like a Wednesday. Yeah. All right. But um, yeah, they got married. So it's been while she was here That's from great. Wales. Yeah, dude. She's gonna be immigrating not, here. Yeah, I was gonna say she's gonna move here. Yeah. So it's just been it's been a really cool month. And Saturday was kind of a culmination of that of just feeling like really just happy and content. Yeah. And belonging to a community and having really great friends and being part of a really great beer community. Uh, in Northern California, it was just, it was a really cool weekend. And I think, cause you started your new job when, uh, uh September 30th. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say you quit your job and then all these beer events happen and you started to appreciate it, but you were still at your job. So never mind. Well, I quit my job the week before your wedding. September 30th. You said you quit? No. That's when I started my new job. Oh, sorry. Then, yeah, you're right. That's what I meant then. Mm-hmm. Well, then, exactly. Yeah. You quit your job, and now all these beer events happen, your friends get married, and you Dude, appreciate it more, which it's, is what you were saying. It's, it's Seriously. No, I've been on a major upswing, mm-hmm. and my depression has been at, like, an all-time low. Good. Like, I wake up in the morning, and I'm stoked to go to work again. To sniff the air. And you can't put a fucking price tag on that. No. To, like, be happy to go do what you're I doing. It depends on what your medication costs, but. True. Yeah. True. Well. If you're unmedicated yeah. and you're just relying on your <laughs> life to to be good, yes, you know, yeah, it's nice to be in a job that you enjoy, yeah, and don't hate. And I was there for Fair. a long time, yeah. So it's good. good. Yeah, I actually had like a like a really emotional moment, like when I got home from work my first day, because there was way more just community and teamwork and support and everyone working together than I'd had in like the last. Two jobs. Yeah. It was insane. Um, uh, why can't I think of it? Where did you work before your last job? So I worked at Sicani out of Sacramento. Oh, Sicani, that's right. Yeah. And then the casino for two years. Can we say now Feather, Feather Falls. what you think about those beers? Oh, they're like, awful. They're not good. They're not good. They have a beer called Naughty Native. Yeah. And you've that been felt real contractually obligated not to say anything bad about it probably. But yeah, that felt real awkward selling that beer. It yeah, felt, working for them every day kind of felt like selling my soul a little. And bit. that's the other thing, like people there who like have worked there for years just don't 
like it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like the job or the beer. Yep. So like, why are you doing, I guess money is why you're doing money. it. Money. Yeah. And I was patient enough and the right opportunity came along and mm-hmm. this just, things have been working out really well. Like yep. I need to like stop talking about it because I feel like something bad's going to happen. I know, right? But yeah, it's been. I think this is made of wood. It's. I think it's, so. Sure. It's been an incredible upswing. And yeah. things are going really well. So let's let's hope it stays true and doesn't fuck up. Yeah. Deal. Yes. Uh okay. And that's my hot. Good. I got married and I'm on a honeymoon. Yeah. Let's talk about this beer. That was my hot too. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um well why don't you pour some of these? Because I, I am excited. You still working. Oh, you know, I actually don't think I ever poured this. Um so before we move on, I want to see what the uh sort of dregs of Scandyland the chunks look like. Let me just get this out of the way. This seems normal normal beer, I think. What if it's like all straight up just candy? <laughs> yeah, it's pop rocks. Pour the rainbow. Uh, let's see what it looks like. Um, not as much as I thought. I don't think there was anything floating in the bottom. There certainly was at some point. You're crazy dog. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. There's yeast. Is it still in there? Because it it was sort of oh, like yeah. the look down there and spin the spin adhesive. The to yeah. It's, it oh, I see it. Yeah. Looks like Elmer's glue at the bottom there. Yeah. Or stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What oh. do you mean by stuff? Um, ejaculate. God. <laughs> I should have known you would say it. Well, that's like the most uh, scientific word for it. Is it? Sperminal vesicles? That's a thing. That's a thing in your Seminal body. Seminal vesicles. Seminal vesicles, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to try this? No. The ejaculate of the beer? <laughs> well, since you put it that way. I mean, you still don't want to. I don't know. How's the ejaculate? So when you get a, a New England IPA like this, you tep, you typically get like a lot of really intense bitterness. Hello. And this is not nearly as bad as like some that I've had. No. I actually don't mind this. It's all right. You seem like you hate it. It's not great. You're making a horrible face. It's real bitter. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little funky. It's warm and foamy. I honestly don't mind it. All right. Like nothing about that was bad. You heard it here, folks. Max here likes the ejaculate. Right. Of beer. Yes. Or of anything. Who cares? You know what? Well, nobody's judging anybody here. It's fine. Life's too short. If you identify as a horse, get in there, I buddy. saw a great meme, and it was like, stop making fun of people for ordering pumpkin spice lattes or whatever their weird things might be. We're all just people. We're trying to survive. We're trying to be happy. So shut up. Just in, If people are being nice, like the guy that fell out, did I say that on the record today? Um, oh, maybe. No, I don't remember. Say it again. There's... <laughs> So I have this really long standing tradition of not being able to say anything to people in theaters. Yeah. Cause I feel bad. Um, or at least uncomfortable people will be talking and I'll just sit there and get mad the whole time. Yeah. But today in my viewing of Joker with like, let's see what, like six other people in the theater, this old man, like seventies, I can't, like fell asleep. Was um, he there by himself? Yeah. It was just him. So it was like him, like three rows in front of me. And then two rows in front of me was another guy who once hearing the sound I'm about to display for you got up and moved but we were watching the movie and this dude was just started going <sighs> like super loud like snoring but his head was like tilted back so then the guy two rows in front got up and moved by me like one row in front of me basically and a couple of seats away and that was his his way of dealing with it and i was like that looks like something i would do so today i will do something different so I waited like another 30 seconds to make sure he was asleep. And I got up and I went and I like crouched next to him, touched his shoulder, gave him a little squeeze. 
he jumped awake like a ghost just scared him. <laughs> yeah, he like, and I was just like, hey, man, I think you might have dozed off. He went, all right, okay, thanks. And I walked back to my seat, and I, I no one's going to know, but the dude that had moved looked at me, and I went, nice. I gave him a little nod. Little I was nod. like, I got you, dude. I'll do what you could not. Too scared to wake up an old man? Yeah. But the point is, like, that guy is not trying to be rude or no. loud. He just fell asleep. Yeah. He's trying to see a movie on a fucking Monday. Yeah, seriously. And I'll wake him up, and I'll say, listen, sir. It's like 10 a.m. on a Monday. I fucking understand you. Right? It's hard being tired. Yeah. So wake up and enjoy this unenjoyable movie. Yeah. Uh, what is this beer? Yeah. So this is a beer. Yep. Uh, it's either called Little Brother or it's by a Little Brother. That smells bad. I didn't do any prep for this one. Um, I'm going to say that it is by a brewery called Little Brother. And it is either called Quenchable or it's called Mosaic and Equinot IPA. Again, Norwegian beer. Branding is very hard. Um, but I think that the brewery is Little Brother. I'm going to say it is. And it's a loaded tropical fruit IPA. And you're making a weird sound. I haven't even looked at your face, but I think I know what it looks like. You don't like this. It's real bad. Six and a half percent. Uh, why is it bad? It tastes like wet cardboard. Oh, one of those. That's just been left out in the rain. It's, I have a whole pile of that. It's bitter. It, it's astringent. Mm-hmm. It's sharp. Ish. It's unpleasant. Oh, I smell it. It reminds me of Oregon. <laughs> Fuck. It reminds me of one of the beers you brought back from Oregon. It reminds me of all the beers I brought back from Oregon. Let's I be was real. Being polite. Don't be polite now. It's too late in the show. Well, you, we still have the Oakshire. We haven't even opened. What's Oakshire? You the beer you brought back from Oregon. It's hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Who knows? We'll figure it out. Oakshire. Uh, is it a stout? God you damn. Oh, you're done. Ugh. Yeah, you push that away like you're not Ugh. Um, Here's what you'll do, though, my friend. You're going to drink more mead instead. Yes. We're getting rid of that beer. I also, by the way, haven't tried it yet, so uh, I'm going to lie and say that you haven't persuaded me in any direction, but obviously I think this is going to be a gross beer. It's not good. Um, maybe point out the mead, because that was on bonus content. Yeah. Young Maxwell brought back a ceramic uh tiny jug of mead yeah. from Norway and it's the most legit shit I've ever drank. Yeah. So one time, and I don't think that you came for this, but we had a, a game of Thrones finale. It was like a season four or five or six maybe. And I found in Reno at craft, a place that I love a, like maybe this much bigger, like, like a third bigger okay, ceramic, thing, like a legit mead. And it was like $35. And I was like, this is expensive stuff, but it was imported from like Norway or Sweden or something. And it was so good. Dude, mead's really good. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, mead is just like a fermented honey beverage. And this one's 14.5%. Um, Johnny is convinced there's apples in it. I'm not convinced that there's not apples. There's a very apple-y sort of uh, oh, It smells it. so good. And it's so good. But in the meantime, I am going to try this beer from Little Brother. Um, I'm, I guess, not super excited at this point. That's fair. It's uh, not the best. Nope, that's the end of that for me. Yeah. Yep, it's just, it's been, it's too old or it's gotten too hot or, exactly. you know, one of those, it's fine. One of those things that leads things to not be so good. Yeah, what are you going to do? Well, get yourself some mead. Yep. Yep. That's a good idea. Okay, so earlier I mentioned that I have one thing about Joker that I can't talk about. Talk about it now. The final, spoiler alert for Joker. There it is. The final shot of the movie is him murdering his, uh, 
what would you go? Doctor, psychiatrist in Arkham. Mm-hmm. That was Arkham, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, murders her, uh, starts bloody footprint walking down the hallway, glowing sunlight through the window. And there's this back and forth where he's like running across being chased by doctors. It felt very slapsticky to me. Yeah. And it was so weird. And then in this very like moonrise kingdom thing, it goes, the end in bright yellow cursive font. Yeah. And it just seemed like such a weird twist, not a twist, but like a twist of tone. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. See if you, if that stuck out to you at all. Cause it stuck out to me like crazy. It was very like Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like just this idea of like, like you could almost feel them like on the floor, like trying to catch traction and then running across like a few times. And maybe it's setting it up for like his, his shenanigans in Arkham, but it seemed weird to me. And I guess it leads to me wanting to talk about sort of the violence in this. Like there's a couple scenes where he brutally murders some people. Yeah. Um, I guess the first one that I think of is his buddy that kind of gave him the gun and sold him out. Mm. That was pretty rough. Yeah. When he smashed his head in the wall after stabbing him in the eye and the neck. Yeah. He killed him a lot. So like, that's our only, he gets like blood splattered on his face Mm -hmm. and that's our only reference for when that happens. So then it happens at the end. We see it off screen or we think it happens off screen. Then we see the aftermath. It's like, to immediately transition into this song that is like very light and this really warm sunlight flooding in. It was just such a weird choice to me. Yeah. And it kind of makes me wonder where they're headed. Yeah. I don't you know. know. There's a sequel. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a good point. I guess you don't know. It's a lot of commitment from Phoenix. Yeah. We also haven't talked about Robert De Niro even once. No. Except, well, that's not true. We said taxi driver. Yeah. He was there. He that was, was a weird, that was a whole, it was weird. Yeah. He was like a Johnny Carson type, mm-hmm. uh, talk show host. Yeah. I don't know. I don't either, man. Weird. It a lot was, of weird stuff. It was. It was weird. And then Joaquin Phoenix killed him. Yeah. Like, yeah, he did. Like, wow. He killed him. I also didn't buy, by the way, that it was like they did that on live TV and then they had that big pan out shot to like all the monitors. Like they were just repeating that. They would just show that guy getting murdered on live TV. That's not how TV works ever. I don't think so. I know the 80s were weird and a little bit different, but no way. I don't think it worked quite like that. No. Anytime ever. Any other thoughts on Joker? No, man. I think we're there. I think I said everything I have to say. I mean, it's worth a watch yeah. just because Joaquin Phoenix did such an amazing job, but I don't think it's going to go down as like a classic or anything. No. You know what I mean? H- how about even like Joker canon, do you think? Joker canon? Because I feel like, I mean, how many Jokers can you think of? Or how many actors that have portrayed the Joker can you think of? Jack Nicholson. Uh-huh. Heath Ledger. Sure. And Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill did a Joker? He was the voice of the Joker in a oh, lot in of cartoons. the cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Here's the one that I also forgot about until I thought about it was uh, Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He did Suicide that. Suicide Squad Joker. That was a thing. So was that four? If you count Jared Leto or five? Whatever. It's a handful. Yeah. Um, And easily Heath Ledger is on top. Who's next? Is it Joaquin Phoenix or is it Jack Nicholson? I think is the question. Well- Honestly, it depends on where we go because all of the other Jokers were in comic book movies with heroes and villains, and there yeah, was it's true. more going on. They weren't by themselves in an origin story. So, uh, you know, for me personally, just Jack Nicholson would be number two. Really? I loved him as Joker. I don't know. There's something about the unpredictability of a character that you don't know mm-hmm. that makes them scarier. 
and I feel like just now I know some, even with, with Heath Ledger, there's, there's make a point in Batman to be like, do you want to hire out these scars? And he tells two different stories. Oh, like, he tells more than two. Does he? I think he does. One time it's, he puts razors in his mouth. Yeah. And then one time it's like his dad got home and I beat thought him. there was like three. There might be, but either way. Yeah. The point stands like you don't know. Yeah. And that makes him a wild card. And now it's, it's like, it's almost spelled out for us. And he's not, he's not a villain because he's got some mysterious background. He's a villain because he's a mentally ill guy that was given a gun. Mm-hmm. And is disenfranchised by society. Not only does that uh, disillusion us to the mystery, it also is like a lame cop out and kind of a shitty thing to presume. Yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, not as cool as it could be. No. So you can find us on social media. <laughs> <laughs> at, uh, oh yeah, I forgot we were recording. At, uh, I'm gonna drink some more mead. Yeah, at Instagram and at Twitter on Fresh Shop Cinema. Not at Facebook. No. Uh, but just go to our website, you guys. We put a lot of work into it in the past. <laughs> and if you go to it, maybe we'll invest work in the future. We worked hard on it one time. Freshhopcinema.com. Um, but if you want to fuel our alcoholic conversations, go to Patreon. It's patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. You can give us literally $1 a month. $1 hair. Take your Barbie doll, pluck one hair. That's us. And you can support our show, and it really means a lot. And you get bonus content. You get invites to fun events and other stuff, probably. Yeah. In the meantime, yep. that's Johnny Summers. And that is Max Minardi. And this show wouldn't be possible without the support of Bailey Minardi. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.